Welcome to the Cathedral Library Bible Podcast. I'm Rob Steele. And I'm Jordan Duncan. And our desire with this podcast is to show you how easy and enjoyable it is to come to Scripture and walk away having heard the words of God and being changed by Amen. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our um, podcast, Going Through the Book of Mark. We are in episode six. We're going through chapter four up until um, verse 34, which is most of chapter four. Uh, I'm Jordan Duncan, and I'm with Rob Steele. Rob, what is going on here? Well, we are now going into some really famous, well-known parables by Jesus. Uh, This is coming out of, uh, he's picked the 12 apostles. Uh, We see the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and the reestablishing of uh, the kingdom of God uh, with family and how that works with the family at the end of chapter three. Uh, we talked about at the end of episode five. And so we go straight into Jesus uh, actually starting uh, chapter four, kind of in the same way our last episode started, which is that he's mm-hmm. by the sea and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people are gathering around him. Uh, he's not worried about being crushed this time, or at least he doesn't say that specifically. <laughs> uh, but he is so, uh, there is so many people gathered around him that he has to push out uh, into the sea on a boat. Maybe he is worried about getting crushed. He might have been worried about being (laughs) crushed, actually. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, the celebrity of Jesus, uh, as we talked about in the the beginning of last episode, is still there. Uh, It's still going, uh, which is interesting because he starts into some cryptic teaching at this point. Um, Now, I would say cryptic uh, intentionally, Mm -hmm. but he starts with the parable of the sower, now, this is a super famous parable. He goes through different ways that uh, people respond or that, sorry, a ground would respond to seed that has been uh, sown. So there is uh, rocky ground, uh, there is along the path, there is, he talks about heat, no roots. Uh, and he just goes through this kind of a uh, m- metaphor of, of what's going on here. Now, I love the way that he ends this. He, he ends the whole parable by saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, And immediately goes into, uh, transitions into him being alone, it says. Now, I think that based on the text, him being alone, what they mean by that is that it wasn't large crowds anymore because we see that he's not actually technically alone. Right. Um, So when he was alone, those who were around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. Uh, and he begins to give uh, some sort of breakdown or understanding of what he was talking about when he is talking about the seed being sown. Um, really interesting, uh, I found, is that this this idea of he who has ears to hear, let him hear, um, is it's invitational yeah. by yes. Jesus, uh, which I think we read it uh, wrongly lots of times, or we talk about the parables wrongly. We talk about them as being this mystical thing that nobody can understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not how Jesus talks about them. No, it's very actually helpful. And I didn't even realize this was part of the section was that Jesus actually explains what parables are, what we're supposed to do with them, what our response is supposed to be, how to understand them. Yeah. In the text. I didn't yeah. even know that until no, I, right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's very helpful. Um, and I think invitation is the exact right word. Yeah. Parables are always meant to be invitations. So whether they're 
um, some sort of metaphor or analogy going on or, or whatever that is, it's always an invitation. Um, and I think maybe the question that he'll answer here is an invitation to what? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what is, what's the first thing he talks about? Well, you know, he goes immediately into this being about the secrets of the kingdom. Yeah. And I think that that right in its beginning is the, uh, is kind of the point Mm -hmm. is he's trying to actually reveal what has been a secret. Yeah. The kingdom of God has been hard to understand, hard to define. He's talked about it already. He's been teaching people about it. Yeah. And there's some secrets that he's about to reveal. Yeah. Um, And he does it in such a way. Now, now, this is where it really got interesting for me was uh, talking again. We talked about it last episode. Jordan brought it up at the beginning, uh, this idea of hyperlinks. Uh, he, I mean, he just uses a phrase right out of Isaiah, right? Versus uh, it's Isaiah 6 verses 9 and 10. Yeah. Um, they may indeed see but not perceive. And he goes on. Now, what I found so interesting is that he's talking about how these are the secrets of the kingdom of God. And that reference is actually a reference to Isaiah's commission to go to the country, to the nation. And so it's really interesting that he pulls from that section. He's invited a group of people, invited them into understanding these secrets. Yeah. We hear that the crowds have dispersed to some extent. Now he's not alone, Yeah. but um, we also know that it says he's alone. So we can assume that he's not no longer with the huge crowds. Uh, This smaller group is asking him questions, trying to understand. And he brings them to this idea of the commissioning um, purpose and uh, first uh, prominent prophetic word of one of the nation's most well-known prophets, Hmm. which I thought was very interesting. He's talking about, hey, here's some secrets to the kingdom. You know, you're the people that have stayed with me. I've invited people to listen to what I'm meaning by this. I want to reveal this to you. Um, Here's who these people are. And I'm going to explain it to you in such a way that you can refer it back to uh, how Israel was seen by God previously. Yeah. Uh, That there's some connection there with Israel and the kingdom of God, but he's also talking about how it's different, right? There's like, it's been secretive and... You haven't known some of these things, but there is this connection back into these other yeah. places. And in the same way, uh, Isaiah was commissioned to go speak these words. I'm now bringing these words right up into the kingdom mm-hmm. to you, yeah. this pe- these people that are here. And in yeah. some way now it, it feels almost like a commissioning yeah. uh, once again. So anyways. Yeah. And I wonder if he's doing, if he's also saying that what parables are, are this or what he's doing when he's saying parables is the same thing that the prophets were doing when they were giving their prophetic words. Yeah, that's good. In the sense that, so a prophetic word, um, to go back to some Old Testament uh, biblical uh, uh, advice, <laughs> <laughs> prophetic words in the Old Testament aren't um, future telling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it said they're not, how does it go? They're not future telling, they're forth telling. Hmm. Or they're not foretelling, like foretelling the future. Yeah. They're forth telling. They're telling you to do something. Right. So it's a they're all calls to repentance, essentially. Right. And 
I think with the parables, we'll find that they are also, like you said, invitations mm-hmm. or calls always to repentance in some way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so he who has ears, let him hear. Um, where does it say? Oh yeah. At the end of that, um, that Isaiah quote, it says, lest they turn and be forgiven. So those who do perceive and understand, it leads to a turning, which is repentance and forgiveness. And he, and interestingly, Mm -hmm. we call these the parables of Jesus, but he says here, but for those who are outside of everything, it is in parables. Mm. (laughs) I go, huh? So the not understanding is because you're outside of some knowledge right now or some understanding of the kingdom. And he wants, he's inviting people and wanting to bring them into that understanding. And so when we feel like, oh, we're not understanding this, whether it's these texts or anything else in the scriptures, to kind of remember Jesus' words, there's an invitation to hear and to understand what feels like a secret of who God is in the kingdom. But we're actually meant to seek it out. Yeah. And in seeking it out, we go to who? Well, we go to Christ hmm. and say, what are you saying here? Yeah. Which is kind of what these, which is what these people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the parables uh, kind of force people. I mean, there's large ca- crowds gathering now and the parables force people to get off the fence. Exactly. Either you're content with not knowing yeah, or you feel the need to find out. And so yeah. you seek it out. Yeah. And... And that's going to lead you to repentance, hopefully, yeah. if you've yeah. done it right. Like, I think that first parable, this first parable about the sower is um, you're supposed to want to be the good seed that falls on good soil, Yeah. Um, which he defines in verse 20 as the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. So yeah. there's this, um, they're the ones hearing. Yeah. And hearing in the sense of, like really paying attention and listening. Yeah. Um, he actually says, pay attention somewhere later. Verse 24. Um, so hearing in the sense of also obeying, like you're accepting mm. it and bearing fruit. Mm. The, um, yeah, I know the old Testament word for here comes up a lot mm. in the old Testament. Yeah. And it's not just this passive, did you hear what I said? But are you going to do it? So yeah. like what you, when you say to your kid, did you hear what I told you to do? <laughs> and they go, yeah, I heard you. And you're going, well, why didn't you do it? Like yeah. hearing in that sense of, if you heard me, then you're going to obey. Yes. Um, right. So those, the ones we're supposed to want to be in this parable are the, the good, the good soil means we are hearing and obeying. We're accepting it. And there's fruit being um, born from, I guess, our obedience and our hearing. Yeah. Um, and, and that fruit is defined as repentance yeah. and r- receiving forgiveness. So I think all of that is somehow tied up in every parable. Yeah. And I think that like one of the things I like about what he's saying here is that there's, there's a lot to be understood and you, it, it's because he's saying that it's an invitation that he's inviting people into this. Um, we have to understand that when he gives the explanation, he's not even giving you the whole story. Yeah. Like he's giving you the basics but you hear like the one that's on rocky ground. Well, the one who immediately hear, when they hear the word, immediately receives it with joy and they have no root in themselves. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that sounds like a problem. Uh, they endure for a while. So they struggle and they, they go through some hardship, 
You know, immediately it was like, this is amazing. God is so good. Receive it with joy. Immediately there's some hardship, some struggle. Um, and when tribulation or perceive or persecution arises on account of the word, which is what was sown, mm. immediately they fall away. The moment there, the struggle gets too much, they turn. Yeah. Now, I just think, okay, well, that's a warn. I feel like that should be a warning to us to some extent, right? Yeah. That we don't want to be rocky ground. He doesn't tell us how to not be rocky ground. Hmm. Right. So I feel like even like, so there's an invitation into it and he gives them the understanding of what he said in the parable, but the parable didn't tell them everything they ever need to know. No. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah. The parable just gave them a basic understanding of the kingdom of God. Yeah. So if you're seeing someone struggle with this, hmm. they seemed so excited for God. And the moment life got tough, they took off. Yeah. The, Jesus is describing them. Yeah. It wasn't because it wasn't the true word of God they received. It wasn't, right? It was because their soil was filled with rock. They weren't actually, they had no place for root mm. in what they received. And so he just gives us some basic understanding yeah. of the kingdom. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can want it to say more than it does. Yeah. Right? Mm. But because it's an invitation, it's an invitation into then going, okay, so what are the next steps then? Yeah. Because if we're supposed to be this one that, actually then produces more, right? Sown on good soil. We're mm -hmm. supposed to be the ones with good soil, the one who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Then how do we become the ones with good soil? Yeah. Right. And he doesn't answer that. Yeah. He doesn't tell us. Now, I do think maybe some of that comes in the later parables. Yeah. To an extent, not yeah. to its fullest measure, but I think that, um, this, 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 this actually really, I think this advises us on how we should read scripture in general. Oh, good. Yeah. So all of the mystery of, of God's kingdom, what God is doing is revealed to us through scripture, right? Throughout all of scripture, what God's doing and bringing his kingdom to earth. That's the point of it. That's the point of scripture. And for us, what we need is a revelation of what's, what's going on yeah. because we lack revelation of who God is and what he's doing. Yeah. And scripture is supposed to give us that revelation. Yeah. But then what do we do with that word? Yeah. How do we accept it? And how do we, well, I guess the first thing is every time we get revelation from God, mm -hmm. whether that's through a prophetic word or a dream or through scripture, it's always an invitation to come to him. Yeah. So Jesus tells the Pharisees, I think in John five, that you are an error. Um, you know, the scriptures so well, but you refuse to come to me. Right. So you can know the revelation, but if you don't come to Jesus, yeah. if you don't do the relationship piece, then you've missed the point of scripture. Yeah. It's not just to, to know revelation. It's to build a relationship. Yeah. So here Jesus gives a parable, some revelation, but it's veiled. It requires you to come to him and yeah. form that relationship. So scripture is always supposed to drive us towards relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And like directly in the sense of you read it and you hear his word yeah. and then you come to him in prayer and go, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean for me? Yeah. And then that's where he begins speaking more and mm -hmm. shaping you and unpacking. So for this one, it's like if the parable he tells you is, uh, you know, you get the sense of I'm not supposed to be the rocky soil because 
it's just it, this word is not going to take root. And yeah. then when tribulation comes, I'll fall away. So you know what you're not supposed to be. You just don't yeah. know how to do that. Yeah. So if I read this, then I come to Jesus and I go, okay, I know I'm not supposed to be the rocky soil. How is that? How am I being rocky soil? Yeah. How do I not be rocky soil? And then you begin to ask those questions of him. Yeah. And because he's given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation hmm. who guides us into all truth, that's, then we relate with him, like a right. conversation with Jesus. So I always say that scripture is always any form of revelation, but scripture particularly hmm. is always meant to be the beginning of a conversation hmm. that Jesus wants to have with you. And so if you just read it and go, I don't know what that meant. And you walk away. You missed the point. You've missed the point. Yeah. You're supposed to go to him and ask what it meant. That's very and good. Figure it out. That's really good. And it brings even, it, uh, yeah, just even in the context of what's been happening, what he's been saying, it brings us back to what we were just saying about the Isaiah stuff. Yeah. Right. And that there is this, um, you know, it's meant to bring us to repentance. And so if we find ourselves in rocky soil, if we find ourselves in these like negative uh, or, or tough places where we're not receiving, well, then it's meant to, as you said, welcome us in, invite us into a relationship and to, to move together with him, which ultimately should bring repentance, mm-hmm. which then I think, I think would be removal of rocks from the soil. Oh yeah. Now, again, that's reading into the text, so yeah. uh, I don't want to go too far with that, but it does seem like that. And one of the things I really like and I think is interesting for us is that, um, so he's talking about us as soil, and it's our relationship with him when the word has been given to us. But at different times already, he's welcomed people in to being sowers. Hmm. What are we sowing? The word. So I think that this is, you know, even with anyone that's listening, uh, this is our answer as to why we're supposed to be in the word. Right. Is because we're actually called also to be (laughs) sowers. And the only thing that we're called to sow is the word. Yeah. And I think that that is, um, you can't do that unless you're also being good soil. Hmm. Um, You know, what, what comes whatever is sown into a crop is what it produces. So someone who has good soil uh, bears fruit. Well, the bearing fruit is actually a crop of the same thing that was just sown into them. Yeah. And so a good the person with good soil should then bear more of the word and it'll increase out of them from what was put in them. Yeah. Right. So whatever I'm taught and is given to me is actually meant to be 30, 60, a hundred fold from me, Mm -hmm. which has a lot of implications. It's like you're saying that for the one who has more will be given. (laughs) (laughs) Almost exactly that. that. (laughs) Yeah. I might've just like taken a really long time to say exactly what the text says. That's true. That is exactly. I think that's what we're here to do though. (laughs) Yeah. It, I, what a great, I mean, I, when we were reading through this right before we started, I honestly, I was like, Oh, Mark four. Yeah. Wow. This is a good, this is a good chapter. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to continue on. You're okay with mm-hmm. that. So we go into then the next parable and the next parable is about the lamp under the basket. Um, and 
Jesus just immediately asks a question. Now it gives the context. Uh, it says, and he said to them, meaning this is the same conversation. Yeah. So I would say that he's probably with this smaller group still. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, uh, you know, is a lamp to be brought and put under a basket or under a bed or not on a stand? Um, nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. So I think that part of what Jesus is saying, so he gives them a smaller parable mm-hmm. and immediately then gives them uh, more of an understanding of what the parable is saying. So, and then he yeah. says to them, pay attention to what you hear. <laughs> With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So as you said, it goes into all the things I was just saying. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I like that he, he continues to use what sounds like parables which is in, he continually invites them into what he's called the secrets of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So he gives this one, invites them into it, gives some explanation, and then says, let's continue the journey. Yeah. Which only, again, feeds the point that you just said, which is it's supposed to just start the process. Yeah. So not understanding. I mean, would this, if, we could, if there's a text that we could go through that explains why we're doing this podcast, it's this. Yeah. Which is having questions and not understanding is actually good and okay. Yeah. We have this all the time, right? We had in the last episode, a section where I just went, Jordan, tell me what the answer is. Cause I don't know why this is here. Um, and this is, this is kind of the point, uh, is that we're supposed to have questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things, they feel parabolic, even if it hasn't been a specific parable. Yeah. And, Jesus would say, yeah, because I want you to hear. So ask me, come to me, look for explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I thought, so verse 25 was confusing to me where he says, for the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And I was like, what? Well, for the one who has what? (laughs) Like he doesn't. So that's, I mean, that's the question. And for a long time, I think I just walked away going, I don't know what he's talking about there. I think Mark missed a word. Like, for the <laughs> one who has, and then he forgot to put in the thing that you're supposed to have. Um, but then I remembered, oh, wait, in verse 9, he who has ears, yeah, let him hear. Yeah. And that whole concept of having ears, you know, paying attention, hearing and obeying, um, seeking yeah. to understand. The one, so that's what it means to have ears to to pay attention and to seek and to understand. Yeah. So the one who has that more understanding will be given. Yeah. But the one who could care less about what's going on just hears it and goes, "I don't even get it," and walks away and gives up. Yeah. Then even the understanding you do have will just fall away. Oh man, it's not the truth of mm-hmm. the scriptures. I feel like if I go through a time where I'm uh, not in the word regularly. Yeah. I come back and I feel so infantile hmm. again. Um, the beauty is, is that it doesn't, it, this text, I've felt this, I felt this passage in my own life where I, if I'm in the word regularly, it starts to make sense to me. Yeah. And I actually don't even have to go study more. No. For it to make sense because it's, uh, this takes us right back to our beginning episodes, but because it's a narrative. Yeah. Right. And so as you're in the story, if you jump into a movie halfway through, you're going to go, what is happening? Yeah. 
But if the movie's long enough, you probably get a good understanding of what's going on. Yeah. Right? And that is exactly how it feels with the scriptures, is that I, I, can, I can jump in and go, oh, this is disorienting. Yeah. And it can force me to go, then I don't even want to do it. Yeah. Or it can be an invitation, which is what it's always meant to be. Yeah. But am I receiving it that way? It's like, like you're saying, it's like watching a really good film or movie or what I define as a really good film and movie, <laughs> where it's you have to f- ask questions to figure it out. So a, a, you know, a filmmaker who makes a movie that it's not all spoon-fed to you what's going on, and yeah. you, you're confused. So like Christopher Nolan movies are pretty good at this, where you're yeah. like confused most of the time. Mm-hmm. And if you're a person who's watching a movie um, and on your phone and you're not really paying attention, you're going to watch that movie and go, that was a terrible movie. I don't even understand it. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah. But if you love movies... Yeah. And you're watching it going, what is going on? And you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. You're trying to, you know, understand, then it, you're going to get it. And yeah. it may take you some time after the movie to then talk with other people and unravel it yeah. and unpack it. But that's, that's the enjoyable part of the movie. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it's almost like you could have like a movie podcast and mm. the, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, I don't know pulling this totally out of thin air, but like a guy like Colton Welpton yeah, could do this. He'd be a great guy to do a movie podcast with. He, he knows. He, he, You're going to write I think this down. This. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was happening for a while, just for all that are listening. So, um, it's, Another thought. Sorry. No, no, go for it. Um, it. Just to jump on what you said. I can't remember if I said this in the earlier podcast. I know I forgot to in the first one, but because I was giving resources on like, well, yeah, just a few Bible resources to help you read through scripture. Yeah. The best resource you can have to read through scripture and understand it better is the Bible. <laughs> so if you just try and power through reading the Bible once yeah. as fast as you can, yeah, that will help you more than any other book out there. Yes. And fun fact, the Bible is only 72% as long as the Harry Potter series. So if you read through the Harry Potter series, the Bible is not too long. See, that feels like a burn. That's what that feels like. That feels like you, you're just going, and I know so many of you that are listening have read <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. You have no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, if you listen to it on audio, you could listen through the whole Bible on your way to the Mexico trip, <laughs> the bus trip, and back. Round trip. Wow. It's the same time as... Listening to the Bible. Well, it's that's actually not that long. That's actually even convicting to me. I don't. Yeah. I listen to I listen to Bible audio once in a while. Yeah, but not a lot. Yeah, me neither. I, I <laughs> spend more time reading than I do that. But um, that's actually a really good thought. Um, so what are we talking about? Yeah, there's parables. I think. Um, mm. <laughs> so it goes right from that verse uh, for those who for or for to the one who has mm-hmm. more will be given. Um, and then jumps right into the parable of seed growing. Uh, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. And it goes on to explain uh, the growing of the seed. And then just talks about harvest mm-hmm. and him cutting the seed from the ground. And I think, um, again, these are also tied together. You have to read them together. Yeah, uh, It's not, although they are separate parables, they aren't way different. Uh, he's not trying to tell a new story each time. And I think that, again, with this one, uh, he is 
partially, I think he's tying in the first parable. Uh, and he's also setting up the next, which is the one of the mustard seed. Uh, so the kingdom of God. And he's talking about uh, specifically those who, uh, those who scatter the word, sow the word, right? Because that's what we've been talking about since the beginning is that the sower uh, sows the word. And so the kingdom of God is as a man that was scattered seed on the ground. So in some respects, the first stage is not about whether and it takes, hmm. whether you're scattering seed only in good soil. Uh, in some respects, I actually really liked in, now this is, I'm really focused in on this one verse, but I think that it's important for us to realize that we don't always have to make sure the soil is good in order to scatter the seed. Right. Right. That when we have the word in us, uh, God has actually called us to be a part of his kingdom, which is then to scatter more seed to mm-hmm. produce fruit as it was in the first, um, in the first parable, uh, because we don't know the soil, right? If the soil is about people's hearts, we don't know actually what's in the heart of people, uh, mm-hmm. whether they'll receive the fruit or receive the seed properly or not. Yeah. And, um, and then it goes through that there is actually a maturing period. So there's a period of receiving the truth and we talked about forgiveness or, or repentance, that it should bring that. We talked about being good soil, all of those sorts of things. But in order to produce the fruit, which it talks about in the first one, uh, there's a process. Mm-hmm. And I think that the growing of that seed is just really beautiful, just to realize that uh, you don't automatically, I think our culture needs to hear. Right. It's not like you received it, you accepted it, and now you're going to bear fruit. So you'll have 30, 60, 100 fold. Yeah. That's actually not the process. Yeah, there's a process of that seed growing and maturing, and there's and even the the meticulousness of the way it's put. Um, so he first talks about going to bed, getting up. Like mm-hmm. there's multiple days. Mm-hmm. Sprout, grow. Uh, the earth produces by itself, meaning that there's stuff that's happening that you're yeah. not making happen. No, it's just coming. It's coming out of you. It's just it's just happening around yeah, and you. He specifies he. You don't know how. It happens. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. That's mm. a beautiful picture. And so then there's a blade, then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. And then it there's it even goes to say, but when the grain is ripe, meaning there's even more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's not, he's not now defined exactly the process that it takes for grain to mature, mm-hmm. to harvest. But he's just saying, guys, remember... There's this, and then there's this, and there's all of these processes, and you don't even know how it's happening totally, yeah. but it is happening, and then there is a harvest that comes later, yeah. uh, which I just love that he gives space for people's maturing process and space for, uh, I think in some respects, we probably should hear it as uh, space for people to um, come to the Lord, mm. right? Even mm-hmm. that process of what does it mean to actually receive Christ there's a process to that. Yeah. There's space within the kingdom. Yeah. Anyways, your thoughts on it? Uh, the only thought I would add to that is just so, because I'm, I always ask the, with the parables, I'm like, what's the invitation here? Like, what is he inviting us to? Yeah. And I think, so I hear like what you're saying, an invitation to some patience and to being okay with not knowing how this is all growing mm-hmm. and even not knowing if the seed we're sowing is growing anything, yeah. but just um, to kind of be faithful in that and, you know, just get up day and night, 
do what you do, yeah. um, sow the seed, and but then to be prepared for when the grain is ripe. Right. To be watchful, to be waiting, yeah. realize in those when those moments are there, what harvest looks like and how to harvest. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. A per, uh, being prepared without feeling like you need to make it happen or mm-hmm. expect that you're going to understand everything that's happening all along the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, and then we go into the parable of mustard seed, which is used often, talking about the uh, smallest seed. Uh, it's used in a couple different plants or a couple different parts of the gospels. Uh, Jesus uses the idea of the mustard seed multiple times. Um, and so we have uh, mustard seed. It's the smallest of the seeds on earth. And yet it, when it grows, it becomes large enough that uh, larger than the other garden plants. Uh, so large that birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Um, I think that it's a just a beautiful picture of the expansion of the kingdom. And I think... If we're talking a little bit, uh, and again, talking a little bit about the um, this idea of the word being sown and multiplication, and sometimes we don't know how these things happen, and we're just supposed to make sure that we don't hide what we've been given, but that we actually give it away and we pour it out onto the ground, and the word that's in us comes out of us. This invitation to take part with Jesus in the expansion of the kingdom just kind of comes up. Mm. And then to explain the fact that, oh, the kingdom is is so massive that in these small little seeds that you feel like you're sowing into the ground, mm. you can't even you can't even come to imagine what's going to come out of that mm. uh, because it's going to be way bigger than even all this other stuff that you can already see around you. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to say that for me, you know, as someone who's worked in the church for a number of years, but mm-hmm. uh, that has an encouragement. But I, I have to say to, to all the people along my path, how thankful I am when I read stuff like that, mm. that, you know, it's easy for us to uh, look at our past and see the faults of leaders and people around us. And uh, I know that I can do that. I can look back and see where there was issue. But to realize that every one of those people that were in my life, whether they be whether they were friends, family, mm-hmm. uh, church leaders, or even leaders in our community, when God used them to put something into me, uh, they they had no idea what that thing was. Yeah, um, I had no idea what that thing was. But God's promise always was that it would become much. M- bigger and more than what people could have ever imagined. Um, which in some respects I go, Oh my, have I lived up to that? <laughs> um, but it's not me. It's the kingdom of God of which I live in and function in and are a part of and is meant to come out of me. Mm. And so, I mean, it's not all about me in that I realize, but I'm sure does it make me thankful uh, for all of the very small seeds that were planted in me that sometimes I can lose sight of. Yeah. Uh, that in hindsight, it's also obviously there's the invitation to being the one that's sowing, but as someone that's now in uh, leadership and has been for a number of years, it sure makes me look back and think how thankful I am for all the people that have poured and put seed uh, out when I wasn't ready or if they didn't know I was ready to receive it. Mm. Um, they were faithful to you know plant that seed anyways mm-hmm. and that the Lord used it to uh, draw me in. It makes yeah. me really thankful. Yeah. Um, so I walk away from this whole thing going, um, 
for myself, how am I, so with the parable of the sower, like how am I receiving the word? Hmm. And then what's my response? Am I hearing and obeying? Am I paying attention? Am I seeking to understand more? Uh, and then the, the next parable of the seed gets me to flip the question around and go, how am I sowing mm-hmm. the word? Mm-hmm. And how am I getting involved in that, that the process that, so the kingdom of God is like, Jesus is doing his work. He's sowing his word, yeah. his message. Yeah. Uh, am I getting involved in that? Yeah. And how am I doing that? And am I being patient? Yeah. Am I too worried about how is this working? Yeah. Um, am I, and then am I prepared for any harvest that's coming up? Yeah. And then the last question, the last parable of the mustard seed just gets me really encouraged to go these, cause it, cause I answer all those questions and, and then it feels like I'm hardly doing anything. Right. You know, <laughs> really, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but to be encouraged that the, what looks like small seeds that I'm planting are, yeah. Become, will become something bigger than I could imagine. Yeah. And I don't know how. Yeah. 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 That's, it is very encouraging. I, Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've loved this chapter. Mm -hmm. I just have felt, uh, so blessed to be in it, to be honest. Um, he, the, the chapter ends with our verse 33 and 34, just talking about how, uh, he continued to speak to them in parables. Um, and, he, he did, I love this. He did not speak to them without a parable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well, sorry guys. And, but I think it, again, it speaks to his, uh, calling them into, mm-hmm. right. And in some respects, I, I think to some respect, the kingdom is a little bit inexplainable. Like it, mm-hmm. he can't explain it totally. Yeah. Uh, until, you know, until eternity has come in its fullest measure and glorification, uh, of all humanity. And we are with Christ uh, and the re- remade heaven and earth. I think that's going to be the first time we get it. Yeah. And even then we're going to go, oh, this is so great. Can you tell us about this? Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> um, but I love that it just, it, again, it says to his own disciples, he explained everything. Hmm. Uh, and I think that that is an invitation all over again. Mark is inviting us into uh, being disciples of Christ, uh, seeking out explanation so he spoke, speaks to them in parables constantly, and then he explains them, mm-hmm. meaning it's okay that we don't get it. It's okay that we don't, yeah. we're not going to pull up to everything in scripture and just make sense to us. We've got to seek out some answers sometimes, but that's actually part of the glory and excitement of it is that mm. we'll see so much in God through that process mm. because that's part of the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. You know what I was just thinking is it's a shame that when we go to, uh, or at least when I go to read or preach a text, I'm looking at one of these parables <laughs> and having read them all together, I go, oh, yeah. this is a whole thing yeah. that goes together. Yeah. And uh, it's meant to be a set of questions yeah. for us. Yeah. And I would probably tend to make the mistake of just pulling one out. Totally. And going, what is this one question all about? And then really trying to hammer that one question as though it's the most important mm-hmm. thing when it's one of a set. Yeah. So it just speaks to like this experience of reading this chapter just shows me how important it is to read big chunks. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. Yeah. You missed the point otherwise. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Uh, anything else to add? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's our uh, sixth episode of uh, this podcast through the gospel of Mark. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we hope that you uh, have found it beneficial and that you can uh, jump into the parables of Jesus and uh, take a hold of the journey to find out who he is because it's a fun one. Mm -hmm. uh, bless you guys. <laughs>